Hey everyone, this is Siobhan and I'm your host of the Creative Outsiders Talk Show, where we connect the dots for storytellers. Today on the show, I have the privilege of sitting and chatting with Avril Speaks. Avril is a producer, director, and film educator. She produced the critically acclaimed featured film, Jen, which won the special jury prize for writing at South by Southwest and was acquired by MGM Orion and is on video demand release. Since then, she has produced several films, including Hosea, which will premiere this year at the Pan-African Film Festival. She was an associate producer at TNT, docuseries, American Race, and has helped produce content for BET, Coca-Cola, Essence, and others. Let's welcome Avril to the show. Hello. I'm excited. I have all the questions. I, I was telling you before we jumped on that I had to condense it because I wanted to ask you all the things. <laughs> I feel like this is like good girl talk that I didn't have when I was getting my master's in screenwriting. So mm. I'm ready to help the people. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into it. Let's talk about the things. Right. So for me, like I was saying, when I went uh, for my master's in screenwriting, I didn't have the people that I could connect with and say, what do I do? What's next? And that's something I want to start off with you because I actually pivoted. My undergrad was in counseling. So there was no one in my life that I could say, hey, what, what do you do? So for those people who may be saying, OK, I've been thinking about it. I've been contemplating it. And now I'm ready. What was your pursuit in filmmaking? Like, how did you pursue filmmaking? And what were some tangible steps for the people that are going to be watching? Wow. Like, I so relate to what you're saying because I didn't have any mentors. I shouldn't say I didn't have any mentors. I just didn't have guidance on what to do. And I'm someone who I... Um, always knew I liked to write and just never knew what to do with that. And I, you know, I never had anyone to say, oh, here's a career path you could take is to be a screenwriter or to be a filmmaker. It wasn't until I got to college that, um, you know, I was kind of just trying a little bit of everything and pursuing what I liked, which is I was producing, pursuing writing any chance I got. And I also, I was really interested in black studies. So I became a black mm -hmm. studies major. Fortunately, because of that interest, I got an advisor who actually really, you know, took note of the things, like all the things that I'm interested in. And she was the first mm -hmm. one to suggest, have you ever thought about film? I had never mm -hmm. thought about it before. It wasn't something that ever occurred to me. Mm -hmm. And she suggested it and I took a film class and that was, that was really all she wrote. I mean, from there, I was on a path, but, but then even after that, I, I didn't know what to do. It was like, mm -hmm. okay, I found this thing that I'm interested in, but now I don't know. And I think the, the, the key for me is finding the people that, um, you know, at least are close to, or in that vicinity of what you're trying to do. I happen to have a professor who she was a professor in the theater department and she taught a class called black women filmmakers. Mm. So when I decided that I wanted to, you know, pursue film, I, I don't even remember how we got connected, but I, I think it's because I was a black studies major, it mm -hmm. kind of popped up in my, um, you know, 
whatever, like the list or whatever of classes I could take. And I remember, you know, because this wasn't until my junior year. I went to two and two and a half years of college, like, ah, like right. I'm doing. And it wasn't until junior year that, um, you know, I took that film class and was like, okay, this is what I want to do. So I kind of had like one and a half years to figure mm. out what next. And so I asked that professor, like, what should I do? And I remember her telling me if she said, well, if you get your MFA, you can always teach. And mm. even with that, I didn't even know what to do with that. But I think, you know, in addition to like asking people for help, I also just remained open mm. and just remained open and pursued what was the thing in front of me. And so she said, you can, you know, because at the time I wasn't really feeling LA like that. I'm from the East coast. Like I'm from Jersey. Um, and you know, I was, and you know, once I got into film, I kind of saw myself as being like a New York filmmaker and, you know, I'm going to be in East coast till I die was like my mentality. So I wasn't really trying to go to LA and find work that way. And so, you know, she said to go to film school and that's what I did. And kind of the, the path just kind of, set off that way. But I would say, you know, talking to people, even if you don't know what you want to do, or you don't really have a clear path, find someone who is like remotely in that area or remotely in that, um, you know, discipline mm -hmm. and talk to them, get advice from them about what to do and about next steps. And then just be open. Cause like I said, at that time, you know, I, I don't even think I, you know, had the category of screenwriter. Mm. It was just like, I like to write. I like visual things. I was, I was um, layout editor for the campus newspaper at that time. So I liked, you know, putting images together. Right. And so it was, it was just kind of putting all those things together and just being open to what those, you know, those things that I enjoyed being open to what those might lead me to it led me to film school and led me to where I am now. That's really good. And I think that's so uh, interesting that she recommended you getting your MFA because that's what my professor did too. <laughs> Once I had went and gotten my master's in screenwriting, he was like, oh, just go ahead and get your MFA so you can teach. And I was like, you know, I don't, I don't think I, I want to teach, but I get the like being practical because it is, um, filmmaking is fickle. It can be. And so for them, it's like, okay, this is something that you can continue to do. You can use this skill. You can go and teach other people. So you'll always have a job. But I love that you said be open because when I first went, I thought that I was going to be a screenwriter. And then I thought that I was going to focus on directing and I still love it, but I actually care way more about producing right now. So I just think that that's such a good suggestion because we can get so focused that we aren't willing to learn another skill and we might be exceptional in that space. Um, and with that being said, why do you think not that many brown girls, uh, women are pursuing producing? Like, why aren't we in that space? You, that's a good question. I mean, you that's like a million dollar question. <laughs> I think, you know, I think in general, when it comes to film, I think a lot of people gravitate toward what they know. 
And mm. so typically when you say, like, you know, I, I'm a prime example. Like when I realized, oh, I want to get in the film, it was like, you know, the first thing that comes to me, because every, you know, who celebrated at the Oscars? It's the director. Right. You know? there's a category for writers like most people don't even know that the best film uh, the best picture oscar is really a producer's award most people right. don't realize that and mm -hmm. so I don't, I don't think that there's enough knowledge about who are the producers producers mm -hmm. are usually the ones in the background and don't get celebrated if you ask most people who produced you know the latest film latest blockbuster whatever they wouldn't be able to tell you they right. might be able to tell you the director maybe mm -hmm. um but producers just don't get celebrated that way and so i think because of that people kind of go with what they know and so yeah. when you get introduced to this, this to this field and you're like oh i want to you know be a filmmaker and, and i think you know this i could go on because that's another <laughs> thing too is that a lot of times producers aren't acknowledged as filmmakers they're like oh correct people they're the finance people, you know, and we're kind of not acknowledged as being filmmakers first. And we are. Right. And mm -hmm. so when people are start pursuing it, you say, oh, I want to work in film. I want to be a filmmaker. The default is director, yeah. writer, even actor. Um, you know, and like I said, when I first got into it, I spent, what, 20 years, almost 20 years of my career going, I'm a director, you know, <laughs> You know, and then finally being like, and, you know, I, I thank God all the time for, um, mm -hmm. you know, one of my collaborators, Nigela, who recognized that producer in me and was like, you know, will you produce my film? That's the only reason how, why I became a producer was because she asked me to do it and I was fighting it even when she asked. So I think it's a combination of um, people not really understanding what producing is, producing not really being an advertised, you know, part of the business. Um, I think that's part of it, you know, which is really unfortunate because I do feel like as black women, you know, black and brown women, it's like, I feel like for many of us, producing is kind of like what we do on a daily basis. You know, it's like we're, we're always having to think ahead and we're, you know, thinking for this person and that person and, you know, this department and that department, like we're thinking about the whole picture. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I think, you know, for, for many of us, it's, it's a, it's a, a skill that, um, we just, I don't, I don't know that I want to say we inherently have it because I don't want to put that burden on us. Like, right. like it just, we just magically appear and just be producing stuff. But right. Not. But we do, <laughs> <laughs> but we do. We do. And so I just feel like it's a, it's a great, you know, field that I would love to see more of us in and more of us be a part of. I just think we do, producers just don't get enough props. Absolutely. I agree on that. And I know that you have been a part of a couple, well, one specifically producers lab. And um, I want to talk about that for a moment and fellowships. Is it important for us to apply for those spaces and is it beneficial for our career? Because I haven't seen until recently that many people um, just really show up in that space that look like me or you. So is it important? Do we need it? We do. I mean, they are important. Um, you know, and first of all, there's not a ton of specifically producers labs. Um, there's mm -hmm. a lot more labs for directors, screenwriters and so on and so forth. So there's probably like a handful 
of labs that are for producers and much less labs for us, you know, for people of color. Um, But I do think that they are important because they, they do help. um, They do help, you know, like introduce you to, um, sorry, there's like a huge plane (laughs) (laughs) Um, all of a sudden. Um, But they do help to kind of introduce you to the industry. I know that when I, I did the, right after I did Jim, um, I did a producer's lab with Film Independent. And in large part, that was kind of like my, you know, was because uh, for a lot of us, Mm -hmm. we don't come from privilege. We don't come from families and and backgrounds where like we know all these people and have all these connects that we could just call up and have in a row. And so, um, you know, doing gin and having that film be successful and playing festivals and stuff like that helped to kind of establish some of those relationships. But then doing the producer's lab really helped, you know, further that um, and, you know, helped me meet new people in the industry. Because um, a lot of what we do is based around relationships. It's yes. based around who you know, but also who knows you and who likes you and wants to do business with you. Yeah. And so it's like the more people that you meet and get exposed to as a producer, you know, and that was the thing about the producer's lab in particular was mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm introduced to people as like, this is a producer, you know, that produces many projects that has a slate of film, right. that it's not just one thing. It's like many things. So I do think that they're, they're helpful um, just in building your network, um, depending on at what, phase you are in your project mm-hmm. um it's also helpful for like getting feedback you know when I did the produ- the film independent producers lab um I was in very early development on a particular project and it was just really helpful to get feedback on the script to get feedback mm-hmm. on my plan like my finance plan and production plan on how I intended to to fund the movie and then to go back and it's still early enough that I was able to go back and make some tweaks, make some changes. So yeah, I do think that they can be helpful. Um, um, but you know, I, I, they, they can be helpful, but also just be realistic about what they'll provide because most of them mm. aren't going to like provide you with instant money to make your film. Right. You know? So, but it, but it is about relationships. Right. And I think that's the thing too, that I, I realized really quickly when I was uh, getting my master's, Everyone there had already been in film in some capacity. And I was a newbie. Like they had a list of what we were, we should have already seen and read. And I was like, I don't, I've never even watched these movies that you're talking about. Um, so I was like, I feel so behind. But the more I realized is like they had relationships mm-hmm. with people. They could call and say, hey, I was thinking about doing this project. Do you mind reading it? Do you know somebody who is willing to contribute financially? And I think that's the space where I definitely want us to connect the dots, fill in the gaps for um, our stories. I want us to be able to collaborate and have people that we can go to. And I just think that's important. And I'm glad that you even said that as far as the producer's lab, even just realistic expectations going into it. So thank you for that. But everyone sit tight. We're going to go for a quick commercial break. We will be right back. Ever wish you had a devotional that was written specifically for entrepreneurs and in a voice you can relate to? Well, now you do. 
Big Idea Food, the best-selling devotional for entrepreneurs and creatives, is exactly what you've been needing to feed your entrepreneurial soul. This devotional will help you push past fears, build more time with God into your daily routine, and gain clarity on your next steps so you can build the business you know you are called to build. Big Idea Food is now on sale at BigIdeaFood.com. Get your copy today and remember, eat more, fear less. Welcome back to Creative Outsiders. We're speaking with producer, director, and film educator, Avril Speets. As we continue on the conversation, I want to ask you, so I told you I was the, the research queen. I did a little digging and I saw that you went back to school for uh, theology as well as film. So yeah, being you a, you listen, <laughs> <laughs> being a person of, you know, that I'm led by my faith. I just thought that was very interesting. And I wanted to ask you why, why was that important? Look at me. Why, <laughs> why was that important? And then how did it shape the stories you tell or did it? Yeah. It shaped it tremendously. Um, okay, so why? I, you know, honestly, I went more for personal reasons. I think mm -hmm. um, I had gotten to a point in my faith where I just had a lot of questions. I had right. been, I had been a Christian for many years, and like I said, I just, I just got to a point where I was just like, really, but why? You know, I was just <laughs> asking a lot of questions, and. Um, I got to a point where I wanted to know for myself. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because I, I kind of had that nudge and that inkling a while ago, mm -hmm. um, you know, several years before I actually enrolled in seminary. But I think, um, you know, I had kind of hit a road. Um, you know, I had been teaching for what, about eight years or so, I think, or maybe less. Um, and you know, I was doing films on the side and it was just kind of like, is this really what I want to be doing? Like, mm. this isn't working out the way I thought it would. A little bit going on. <laughs> and, um, you know, just really started thinking because I, you know, I was teaching and I love teaching. Like, I, mm -hmm. it was something that I really enjoyed. And I started thinking maybe, um, maybe there's another path. Like I said, remaining open. Um, and, you know, I, I hit a point where, I thought, well, you know, I, I'm interested in getting a PhD. What would I study as a PhD? There's no PhD in film production. What else would I want to study for eight, nine, ten more years of school? Right. And the only thing that came to mind was religion, was, you know, theology. And then I found a program that had, it was theology and film. So I was like, oh, that's perfect. So I just, I pursued that. And to be honest with you, I went into that experience truly open and ready to put filmmaking on the shelf. Uh, mm -hmm. I went into it thinking that I would, um, you know, perhaps I, I, I don't, I wouldn't, I won't say that I had made up my mind that I was hanging up my filmmaking hat, but I didn't put it off the table. Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, this might be it for me as far as filmmaking and maybe I'll just continue to pursue um, teaching and I'll get a PhD and maybe I can become a dean or something and I can teach, you know, theology and film. And what was interesting is that I did. Uh, so I went to Fuller Seminary and um, I had to, they, they made me do I had to get a second master's because my first master's was in film, not in uh, theology. And so they said, well, your, your other master's doesn't count. <laughs> And um, so, I'd have been like, yes, it does. <laughs> I, I, well, 
I, that was why it took me so long. I remember I said, mm-hmm. like, I had thought about it years ago. And when I contacted them initially, they said, you got to get a second mask. I was like, oh, no. Right. Like, no. So I sat on it for years. And mm-hmm. then, like I said, I hit that crossroads where I was just like, what am I going to do with my life, with my career? Um, and so I just bit the bullet. I moved to L.A. I, um, I uh, you know, enrolled in this program. And it's interesting because I did the master's program. I did two years of the master's program and it was one of the most like formative life-changing two years of my life. Like I, I, it I just really had an opportunity to, um, to just really examine my faith for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a space to ask a lot of questions. Um, you know, some of it led to more questions and that's okay. Right. Um, but I think what I walked away with was just a greater appreciation for um, how we see God in the movies. Mm. And, and, you know, and I've, I've always, let's had, talk about it, <laughs> you know, and like, I've always had this feeling like, I, you know, here's the thing, my faith and my profession go hand in hand for me. Mm-hmm. I, at the same time, the same year, like I told you a little bit about how I got into film, that mm-hmm. was also the same year I became a Christian. So to me, it was like, oh, wow. God showed me what I'm supposed to do with my life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it like literally it happened within like a month of each other. And so um, I, from the very, from the moment I became a Christian, I've always felt this like spiritual thing going to the movies and with any movie not just christian movies like i would Mm -hmm. go and see like i remember going to see i well a lot of people see spiritual messages in the matrix but like i would go see any movie in the theater and be Mm -hmm. like god spoke to me you know i always (laughs) have this thing and i've always just had this feeling like you know god is speaking through Mm -hmm. these stories and um so when i went to fuller it kind of gave me language for that and solidified mm-hmm. that I wasn't crazy because right. you know, and, and to be, if I'm being completely honest a lot of times I would go and see like Christian movie, movies that are labeled Christian film and I'm like I don't relate to who are these people <laughs> listen <laughs> let me tell you something we have been talking about that because that's what I, I've been saying when we don't live life when we don't experience life and we keep ourselves in the bubble, it's very hard to be relatable. And it doesn't mean that I have to agree with what you're doing in your life, but it gives me perspective. It gives me how I engage with you. But if all we're doing is talking to the people that believe and look like us, like we're missing the mark. And, and that's in real life. Yes. Like our real life should shape our stories. Agreed, agreed. And so what Fuller did was, for those two years, it gave me space to explore that. It helped, you know, give me language for that and to be mm-hmm. able to say, you know, I am looking at how we see God in humanity and mm. the way we live as humans and how we interact with each other and how we interact with a higher being and how that plays out in our life on a day-to-day basis. Um, through story. And I think I, I just, I just kind of gained a wider perspective on that. And I honestly, I don't, it, it really changed my, um, my creativity as well, because it just helped me to expand what that looks like. I mean, right. if, 
I don't, you know, and I ended up, I was like, <clears throat> after doing the two year program, I was like, you know what? I still have stories inside of me that I want to tell. I don't know that I want to do. So I, I didn't end up going to get the PhD. I was like, I'm good. I got two masters. I'm good. Mm -hmm. I'm going back into production because the things that it taught me was that, you know, you know, God speaks, he, we, he, God speaks through stories. Like and everybody, Absolutely. Has story. everybody <laughs> has a story. Mm-hmm. Two years prior to going to Fuller, I probably would not have made gin because mm. my my mindset would have been like, oh, well, this is about, you know, a Muslim girl and, you know, who's going to relate? You know, I that's not my story. It may not be my story, but I'll tell you what, when I read that script, I related more to that teenage girl than I have in any Christian film I've ever seen. Wow. You know, it was her journey. It was her journey towards spirituality that was really meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. And the journey of her mom of like coming late into, you know, finding faith as an adult. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I related to that. And right. the way that you go about it and how, you know, you 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 kind of embrace it and you're like, everybody needs to convert. <laughs> you're trying to convert everybody. And, we do we do and you're like making people mad and turning people off <laughs> you know and it's like okay maybe there's another approach let mm-hmm. me like fall back a little bit and let me love people and you know mm. accept people who for who they are and let me love people and let's bring people to god that way and mm. so i i felt a lot of um sympathy and for you know both the mom character in that movie and for the daughter uh the main character summer in that movie I don't think I would have made that movie had it not been for that seminary experience and being able to broaden, you know, my view of story and, and how we find God in that. So it was really a formative time for me. And, um, and I think it, it, um, really impacted, uh, the type of work that I do. That's good. Um, and I think the, uh, well, one thing I do want to ask you is, what stories are important for you to tell right now? Because I think that a lot of filmmakers, creatives are not honest that we all kind of go through this thing where we're like, I quit. Um, I don't want to do this. Is this worth it? Is it worth me bending over backwards to try to make it happen, try to find the funding? But there's always a story that pops up in our heart or we, we meet somebody and it makes us think of a great idea. So what stories are important for you to tell right now? I mean, I really gravitate toward, and I love stories about Black women in particular that mm-hmm. are nuanced. Meaning that, I, you know, I really don't like easy stories, you know, um, that are just like wrapped up with a bow at the end. <laughs> um, you know, I... Yeah, I, I just think that there's, you know, like, so for example, when we did Hosea, I mean, it, it didn't, it wasn't a black woman um, as the lead, but it was a woman who's a prostitute. And it's like, mm. what does that really look like for some, you know, you, we, we tell the story all the time about this prophet marrying a prostitute, but we never tell her story. And listen, like, and we, that's layered. Like that. It's layered. <laughs> And that's layered about the fact that she went back into prostitution what and he went about? and found her and he went and found her. we never talk about that 
Mm-mm. He's oh, you know, he's right. We make it cute. Or, we make it cute. But that ain't that's not a cute story. It's not because I'd have been like, sis, you for the streets, so you gotta stay out there. <laughs> right. So um, you know, I'm interested in telling those stories, the stories mm-hmm. that don't get told, you know, the sisters out there who um are just forgotten about and mm-hmm. or or just brushed to the side. You know, those are those are the stories that I want to tell. And you know, and I also want to tell, you know, kind of like those outsider stories as well. You know, I'm working on a a a, a TV pilot about these kids, these four four black girls who grow up in New Jersey, you know, outcasts in their in their hometown and are, are just trying to trying to find their way. In the 80s, when you know, it's like the 80s were a time when we had, you know, MTV was coming, <clears throat> was yes. coming up. MTV ain't show no black people, so we did not. We used to sit there and wait mm-hmm. for Prince and uh, Michael Jackson to come on TV, and you'd be sitting right. there for hours. And in the meantime, you listening to Van Halen, you listening to Madonna, you listening to ZZ Top, you listening to right. Duran. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a lot of, uh, you know, from my generation, you know, you turn on an 80s station, we're all like, <laughs> we're singing along to Duran Duran because we know these songs because we sat right. there and we was waiting for Michael Jackson to come on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I want to tell that story about, you know, it's like those, those, those untold stories that we um, just don't get to see a lot in the media. Those are the stories that I'm that I'm most passionate about right now. I love it. So any feedback you have from someone who's in the middle, because a lot of times we see uh, the beginning or we see what we see is uh, success because people can look and read your resume and be like, she's done all these things. She's worked in all these spaces. I am in the middle. What do you have to say to the person who's in the middle and maybe saying like, is this worth it? Mm. Keep going. But I'm also, and I know that sounds cliche, but keep going. It's, I think about that, um, that, what it, that story about, or it's like a, it's like a meme or something of the guy who's like digging Oh yeah, and the yeah, and it's like the 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 prize was like right on the other side. If he had done mm-hmm. one more dig, he would have gotten it. But you know, the other thing I will say is, especially for those people who really feel like they're on the edge and about mm-hmm. to give up, I would say really consider, really take that seriously. If you're considering giving up. Explore every option with that. Because when I when I was at that point where I was about to give up, I literally for those two years, that's there was this other thing about my time at Fuller. Mm-hmm. I literally put filmmaking on the shelf. I didn't make any movies for those two years. And I was in a program that was theology and film. They gave us the option, like you could you could make a movie instead of writing a final paper. Like, you know, it was like a very creative kind of program. And I said, you know, where I'm at in my life right now, I just, mm-hmm. I really don't know if this is what I want to be doing with my life and what I need to be doing with my life. And I just put it over here. Mm-hmm. I had I had a mentor, you know, when I first got to Fuller, I was like, I don't know what I want to do. And 
I don't know. I'm I'm not Hollywood. Like, you know, and again, I remember I told you, like, I was so anti-LA. I had no intention of coming to LA. So I came out here like, eh, like, I don't want <laughs> LA. I don't want to be Hollywood. I don't want any parts of it. And da, 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 da. And I remember she said, okay, she said, take that and let's put that over here. Like, let's let's just sit that aside for right now. Right now, take this moment for what it is. Be present in this moment and see what you hear. And within that time, I kid you not, there were times within those two years that I, I was ready to give it up and to say, I'm going in a different direction. And I think sometimes, especially as artists, we're afraid. We're afraid to say that. We're afraid to say, you know what? Maybe filmmaking is not where I want to go. Maybe it's not what I want to be. I have so much respect for these. You hear about these actors and artists who are now like, I think I saw like, um, who was it? Peter Brady. He's like, yes, plant shop or something. (laughs) He's done something totally different outside Mm -hmm. of acting. I have so much respect for people that do that because we have to understand that this is not the end all be all of life. It's Absolutely. not. And even as we're creatives and we have all this creative energy, there are so many ways to express that. Film is one of many ways to express creativity. So if you're on the verge of giving up, lean into that and mm. see what you see, what you hear God saying, because it might not be for you. And that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Figure out what it is. What is your creative bent? What is your next step? You know, for me, I took those two years and I put filmmaking on the shelf. And after those two years, it came back. It came back mm. to me. And when it came back to me, it that's when my, I spent 20 years in this industry before that. Wow. Hitting brick walls. When it came back to me, it came back, honey. <laughs> it came back. <laughs> And that's when the job started. That's when the mm. awards started. Now everybody's going, oh, April Speaks, she's this producer. We want her on this thing. I've been a filmmaker for 20 years. Mm. And nobody knew who I was. And But it's, it came back. So I, you know, I would just say if that's where you are, it's okay. It's a part of life. You're not alone. Lean into it. And be present in it. Be honest with yourself explore it give yourself the time to explore it and if that's you know a couple of months if it's a couple of years give yourself the time and the space to explore what that means that you are ready to give up yeah that's good because most people are not going to say that so i'm glad that you get you gave some good pearls on this uh ending question Um, But before we go, I do want to ask, because I think it's uh, important. We talked about showing up for each other. Let us know what you're working on next and how we can support you. Yes. So uh, I just wrapped production on a film called Dottie and Soul. So that should be coming out. Yay. um, Congratulations. Thank you. um, Sometime toward the end of this year. And then also I did a film called African America. Um, which premiered at, uh, I think you mentioned it in, the, in my bio, it, it premiered at um, Pan-African Film Festival. And, you know, hopefully, knock on wood, uh, we'll have some information about that very soon, about where people can watch that. Um, so please support that. And then I have a couple of um, series, docu-series in the works that are, I'll be working on 
um, this summer as well. So I would just say, um, just keep in contact. You can follow me on, uh, as you speak is my handle for everything A Z U S P E A K. And that's at, uh, Instagram, uh, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, everything is that using that handle. So, you know, stay tuned and I'm always giving out information about what's coming up next. So. Sounds good. Well, April, thank you so much for being on. I appreciated it. And I know that everyone is going to take something from it and be able to apply it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No problem. And I'm your host, Siobhan Mitchell. And remember to watch this show and other Good News Code Network shows on